It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I am Ryan Zook. I'm Aaron McMahon. The Michigan football team is halfway through the season and still undefeated after a wild, wacky win at Nebraska. We discuss the game and all of its implications coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys. Uh, okay, th- this game had some bizarre calls by the refs. Not not necessarily wrong, just unusual. Uh, it had some plays that will live in, in the Michigan football highlight reels for, for a long time. Uh, it had four late lead changes. Uh, just Aaron, what was it like to be there? Well, the atmosphere was cool. I was telling someone earlier today, I, I thought the Bra- I mean, this is my first trip to Nebraska. It was Michigan's first trip in, in basically like what, nine or 10 years or whatever. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh had never been there as a player or as a coach. Um, so it was new to a lot of us. I thought it was the atmosphere was incredible. I thought it was probably top two, top three in the Big Ten. Probably Penn State would probably be one, maybe Ohio State. You know, obviously we're spoiled because of the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry, but I, I'd put Nebraska right up there, but it was, it was fun. I mean, it was a sellout, legitimate sellout, and the 87,000-plus, um, they, they came ready, too. Watching came ready. at home, yeah, what do you think, Sue? Uh, came, came ready and left disappointed. <laughs> there, there you Another go, Another Scott yeah. Frost loss in a big game. Who would have thought? Yeah, they it, it's weird. I mean, you want to keep saying, oh, they're the best three-loss team. But they've got four, like they're trending to just be, yeah, one of those, they're one of the best teams to not qualify for a bowl or whatever. You know, it's it's this way it's going for them. Um, I think, but, well, I don't know the rest of their schedule, but they'll probably, I don't know, I, I think they have to get the six wins, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean. They're I, in the Big Ten West, so I would hope so. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, they're at Minnesota. They got They got Purdue um ohio state at home at wisconsin and iowa i mean those, those last three ohio state at wisconsin iowa um you know the, the, those are tough and they're at three wins right now um so so maybe yeah, I mean, not they're, they're, they're three and four <laughs> they got you know they, they've played seven games already so they only have they have five left um yeah gotta get gotta get three of them yeah you gotta go three and two down the stretch here i'm, I'm not sure it's gonna happen for them um but but we'll see. Uh, but that, that's not what we're talking about. Michigan is already bowl eligible. How about that? Uh, so, yeah, they've equaled the number of games they played last season. And, you know, they went two and four, as we know. Now they've they've won them all, six and oh. Um, I, I definitely think we should be talking, as we have now for a few weeks, um, expectations changing for the season and kind of the, the total number of losses this team could possibly have. But uh, first, let's just talk about this game. And I don't, I don't even know how to really begin. I try to outline this thing a little bit chronologically, but I, I don't know. Uh, feel free to just throw some stuff out. I, 
I didn't know where to begin when I was writing the game story live. <laughs> I'm like, where do I start with this thing? And I, I don't think I got much up. But I mean, the, the second, as you mentioned, the second half was the story of the game. I mean, yep. it, it, just the back and forth nature, uh, big plays, both sides. Uh, Michigan defense coming up big again after it played relatively well in the first half. Um, it, it obviously had some lapses there early in the second. But it was, I think I wrote on Twitter that it was an S show. I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it on the <laughs> On, on the, the Wolverine Confidential Podcast, we don't have that explicit tag. I've, I've checked, so we want to keep it that way. So, but that's what it was. It was. I don't think it was great football. Um, it was. It was down and dirty and gritty Big Ten football. Uh, and and for Michigan, at least, I mean, they got a good one on the road. Uh, you can say what you want about Nebraska, but that that's two two weeks in a row now. Michigan has gone on the road uh, in in you know relatively tough environments and, and come out victorious. So. 32-29 was the final, I feel like, for posterity's sake, you know, for our listeners who, I, I don't know, the one out there who didn't didn't watch the game, that was the final, 32-29. We need to get that in here in the first few minutes. Just the exact score we all predicted. Yeah, uh, we were, yeah. I mean, in the end, Michigan, I take some solace. Michigan covered that two-and-a-half number. I mean, it was moving around, but, you know, I feel like the bulk of the week, the line was under three. So it got to three at by kick, as I were saying, Aaron. I thought it was three most of the week, and it got to was two it? and a half at kick. No, oh, okay. Well, there maybe. we go. Bottom yeah. line is our predictions all predicted Michigan to cover, and they did. So people following following that got got a win. Um, yeah, I was thinking more it'd be tight, and Michigan would maybe you know need a drive to put this game away late, and and would get it uh, to to win. You know to go up to win by 10, I think is what I had. Um, instead it was to actually win the game. Um, Aaron, you said there was, it wasn't great football and I don't disagree with that, but it had some great plays. Uh, I was, I was chatting with my younger brother earlier today. Um, and he didn't get to see much of the game. He's, he's a Notre Dame fan. I uh, was watching that one also ended 32, 29, by the way. Um, but, uh, I said, just, you know, Google Hassan Haskins hurdle. Um, cause and, and there's several others, but that one, Usually when there's a hurdle, then you kind of go down right after that. It was like he was doing the hurdles and just didn't break stride. And he didn't even slow down to do the hurdle either. <laughs> that was the most remarkable thing. It was like hurdle and then it was it was crazy. Yeah, there wasn't that stutter step leading up no. to it. Yeah, you're right. Um, I, I imagine that was a that that, you know, when you're on, on the road there, Aaron, I guess, you know, the crowd, um, yeah, they're not <laughs> the reaction isn't gonna be they're not happy about it, but man, they had to be. Kind of stunned, I suppose. Yeah, there was a lot of gasp, I think, in the press box and the crowd just by what they saw. And like you guys said, how it kind of came about and how kind of free-flowing it was. I mean, he just didn't, like you said, didn't break stride. It was, he, he got, he, I think he picked up like like 10 or 15 yards after the after the actual hurdle. So like, yeah, uh, yeah, there were some good plays. I mean, Mike Sanders still, I think, had a, had a, a, yep. a nice catch early where he had to reach out and grab the ball, for a pass from Cade McNamara. There were some good plays. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, but it wasn't neither team's finest, finest outing. I mean, they each, I think, had six penalties. There was right. some sloppy football, turnovers on both sides of the ball. Um, but, you know, it, I, I said, I think I said this after the game I wrote on MLive.com. This was the type of game I think that Michigan needed to win, a game where they fall behind. and For the first time all season? For the first time all season and on the road. Uh, and, and I think it, it, they learned something about themselves here. You know, you could say all you want about the win last week at Wisconsin, how great it was. And it was a good win. Don't get me wrong. Um, but aside from that blip, you know, late in the second quarter, Michigan dominated that game. That wasn't the case here. They played okay in the first half. They probably should have had a bigger, bigger lead at halftime. It should have easily been probably 17 to nothing, three score lead. 
but either way, I mean, it just, it, you know, it wasn't enough to, to stem Nebraska's explosive offense. That was a thing. You know, that statistically this game was relatively close on both sides. Nebraska was a little bit more explosive, uh, you know, with the passing game. Um, but, you know, Michigan did like they have before. They, they, they controlled the clock and made the most of their opportunities when they got especially in that second half. I, I thought they responded really well. Another, another highlight play we have to mention, of course, is, is Dax Hill's interception. Um, that was, I mean, that was incredible as, as well. Um, you know, kind of seeing the replays over and over and it just became even more, uh, amazing. Um, yeah, there were, there were some weird, um, calls like I alluded to earlier. Um, you know, this kind of like made me laugh. I mean, Nebraska was whistled for disconcerting signals, which I know of that I've seen it called before. I'm just not sure that that phrase was used um to to describe it um but yeah basically kind of simulating the snap counter or whatever um, yeah and kate mcnamara we, we talked to kate and, and jim harbaugh after the game and they both said nebraska was doing it a bunch and then okay. they kept having to call it out to the officials during the game and then they finally got a flag and they said that kind of stopped nebraska from doing it but they said they, they were doing it countless times uh you know jim harbaugh wasn't happy about it you know he was asked about it in the post-game press conference as was kate um, I, I don't know how much they were doing it, but it sounds like they were doing it more than just that one occasion where, where Nebraska was flagged for it. That's that sounds like a Scott Frost team thing to do for sure. Um, and then there was the you know uh, AJ Henning drops the the punt and uh, joint possession is, is what ends up getting called again. It reminded me that reminded me of like you know tie goes to the runner in baseball. Uh, you know tie goes to the. Uh, receiving team, the offensive team, whatever you want to call it. I've seen it on a catch before, you know, a catch in the end zone or, or, or wherever, where kind of the defender has a, has hands on the ball too, but never on a fumble recovery. It's like, but there we had it. Um, so that was the first for me. I've heard disconcerting singles a, a few times, but yeah, okay. the, the joint possession, I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> I think the most egregious call of the game was like how, how short they spotted Hassan Haskins run that the, they were like three yards <laughs> short. Like I remember watching the replay, and it looked at least two. They came back and gave him three more yards on the on the spot. It was they. Yeah, were, it, they it like, did look like he was going down. Like his knees were pretty close there, and like the one player was blocking the one side. So I mean, I could see like, I mean, I'm surprised they didn't review it right away. That's what I was surprised about. I I, I I can see them being like, oh yeah, maybe I thought his knee was down, but for them to to refuse to. <clears throat> to review it until Harbaugh called the timeout. That's like, well, all right, come on guys, what are we doing here? Not only that, but Harbaugh called timeout to try and convince them to, to look at it. And it, they didn't decide to look at it until halfway through the timeout. Like I think they went to timeout TV mm -hmm. with the commercial and we literally sat there for probably a good minute, you know, 90 seconds before the officials finally came up and said, okay, we're going to review it, review the call. And it's like, what have you been doing for the last minute, minute and a half? Like what, what changed? It just it was bizarre. And there were a lot, this was a tough commercial game. I thought kind of Zook, did, did you agree? I, usually I, I'm on, I'm on Fox for their games, but this one's, this one was, I don't know. There were, seemed like a lot, a lot of stoppages and uh, uh, long when, when I'm running live updates and trying to write like the stock report and a bunch of things, You're I'm not minding the commercial breaks. Yet. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> fair enough. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know, like what was the, um, you know, let me do add one more thing. It wasn't a highlight play, but I mean, Jake Moody, um, pretty darn clutch four for four field goals. Like he's uh, maybe not an unsung hero. I, I think he's probably he's, he's getting his due for, for what he did in this game. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a, that's a real nice, uh, you know, luxury to have uh, such a reliable kicker as Michigan has. 
Yeah, he's 12 of 13 on the season, you know, and he's, and we asked him this week or last week when we spoke to him, but like, he's the guy now, you know, the last couple of years, he'd been sharing kicks and sharing duties with Quinn Nordeen. And when you do that, you know, if you talk to a, you know, a, a, a kicking coach or someone, you know, familiar with that, with that, you know, industry, like those guys need to be in rhythm. They need confidence. They need to know when they're going to be the guy. And I think, you know, Michigan's juggling of, of kickers the last couple of years didn't do their, their guys any favors. And now that, now that, you know, Jake is the guy, I think it certainly helps them. You know, we asked him last week and he agreed, you know, he's like knowing that he's going to be the guy making all the kicks certainly go, helps. And so far he's been reliable. I mean, I don't think he has the strength that, of, of a leg of, that Quinn Nordine had. Now we saw the long kick a couple of weeks ago, but he's been remarkably accurate and consistent. And that's really when it comes to kickers and special teams, that's all, that's all I can ask for. This game had so many different potential like turning points. Uh, there's no like right answer here or whatever, but um, you know, I, I, I would like to point out the, you know, Nebraska scores uh, and then McNamara throws his first ever pick first career interception. Nebraska comes back on the very next play and hits a touchdown to take the lead. Now Michigan trails, as we said, for the first time all season uh, and they respond with a, a 10 play 75 yard touchdown drive to to retake the lead now i know that nebraska gets it back uh you know right away too but um that that was huge um but yeah that i mean i'll just kind of use that to open up any any conversations about kind of what went on late in this game i I will say this i think k mcnamara said to told espn right after the game or abc that this team is different and and in the years past we don't win this game and even when when McNamara threw that that interception in Nebraska store, I'm like, I still think Michigan, Michigan is going to win this game. I, I felt like they were going to find a way to, to guard it out. Partly is because I still don't think Nebraska is that good of a team. But I just think that that their defense would find a way or come up with a stop. They, they would get a, a key touchdown, and they did, and, and come out with the victory. And sure enough, that's what happened. But I, I do think that at least against teams like, like this, like Nebraska, that Michigan can – can grind out a win and and <clears throat> come out victorious. Can, can I be honest for a second? After Michigan tied the game originally, it was a 29-29 with that field goal, and Nebraska got the ball back with, what was it, three minutes left or whatever it was. I, I thought they were going to win the game. I mean, they had scored a touchdown in their three previous drives. Michigan's defense had shown they were having troubles with Adrian. You know, that whole second half, it seemed like we saw a different Adrian Martinez. He was, he was you know, getting out open. He was – it seemed like every throw he was making was was for long yards. Um, they they were having trouble stopping him, and and I thought that was gonna be the case. I figured they were gonna march back down the field and, and get some points, whether it was a, a you know a, a field goal or a touchdown. Uh, but then they came up with that big defensive stop. I think that I mean of all the plays of the game, I think that might have been the biggest one. I mean it, it certainly shifted, gave Michigan the ball back and the chance to win there. Um, but that, from a timing perspective, Michigan couldn't have come up with a bigger, bigger defensive play. There, uh, you know, kudos to Brad Hawkins for not right. only making the play, but the recognizing, you know, that that he could make the play. And Martinez yeah. had the first down on that play too, didn't he? Or yeah, was right near it. He was right there, and it was one of those where you know, watching at least on TV, you're kind of like, uh, okay, why haven't like they they kind of stopped it? It seems like the whistle should blow here, and then you know, you realize after the fact, oh, it's because he didn't have the ball. I mean, there's this mass of bodies moving, but <laughs> the ball wasn't in there at, at the very end. He he had already you know lost it, and, and Hawkins goes and and pick, he picks it up too. Yeah, I believe he, he forces it and and recovers it. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. It was a th- I think it was a third one play. He had picked up three yards before the fumble. 
Uh, yep. But you're right. You know, in the press box at the time, I I thought, you know, where was the whistle? Why didn't they blow it dead? But it was still, I mean, like Nebraska's like offensive linemen were trying to push him forward. Yeah, he was moving forward. Yeah, yep. and I, I'm pretty sure he had picked up the first down. So I'm surprised the whistle didn't blow. Um, but it was, you know, it was a good good spot for Michigan. It was it was a heck of a play. You know, Brad, you know, we asked about it after the game and he said, you know, it's something we've worked in worked on in practice all week. Um, you know, I don't know if this is a you know every week or a weekly thing, but they clearly saw an opportunity here where you know, where Adrian Martinez is susceptible to turn the ball over. We saw that with the interception earlier in the game that he threw. Uh, and it, it was turned out to be the difference maker. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, again, getting back to Moody, I mean, Michigan doesn't really do him any favors there. They, they pick up a few yards on their first play, but then nothing after that, you know, bring in JJ McCarthy and he goes, he goes backwards and what could have been a potentially disastrous play. Uh, he, he loses the ball after he was, he was marked down, but um, you know, it made it, it made it a 39 yard field goal. It wasn't a, it wasn't a chip shot. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, he makes it and then Michigan gets their, you know, final, final stop. But, um, Mar Martinez was good. I mean, you know, uh, Aaron, you wrote about it earlier in the week. I, you know, mentioned it in my scouting report as well. Like it was no secret what, you know, he was a dangerous player with his arm and legs. Um, and he used, he used them both on, on many plays. I mean, he, he, he pulled a Houdini more than once, um, to then, you know, find a player down the field. Often, sometimes there was, you know, there was, there was the escape from the pocket at the start of the play. And then at the back end, you know, Michigan was at times just like a split second too slow, uh, you know, getting the balls that, you know, somehow then found their, their way into Nebraska receivers hands. But um, yeah, it was, uh, there was, there was a lot, a lot going on in this game that was, and it was, it was just exciting. I mean, I've complained about the Saturday night games. It seems like they're not always, they don't live up to the hype or they're not, they're not the most enjoyable to kind of end, end the night on. But um yeah, this this certainly was was did not uh, satisfied that regard. All day yesterday, there was exciting games. Even today, NFL games today, college games yesterday has just been an exciting weekend of football. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, as far as uh, now, Michigan is six and zero, and you know we can talk about preseason expectations and all that. But the bottom line is they've got. Uh, they've got a, they're, they're going into a bye now. We should mention that Michigan does, does not play, um, next week. And then they, they come back and host, uh, host Northwestern, um, and then go to Michigan state for a potential, you know, top 10, uh, showdown between, between the rivals, uh, Indiana at home after that, then at Penn state at Maryland at Ohio state, like suddenly the, the floor seems like nine and three, which is something that many, many Michigan fans would have signed up for in a heartbeat before the season. Um, so you're just one, you know, you got, it's just, it's just wild to me that, you know, how, how this is, has, has changed here midway through the season. I don't want to be the jinx here, but looking at both projections, which I did this evening, uh, both ESPN writers have Michigan going to the Rose bowl and Jerry Palm of CBS sports has Michigan going to the Fiesta bowl. Uh, so well, I mean, they clearly look think Michigan's they're high in Michigan right now, and I agree with you. I think this the the ceiling right now is probably is nine wins. Um, there's no reason they shouldn't beat Northwestern next the floor. Week. The floor, I'm saying. I'm sorry, floor. Yeah, so yeah. Say ceiling. Yeah, um, no, I just want to be clear. Yeah, no, and I think we said this last week. You know, I think nine is real a realistic possibility, and there's you know they could probably they could maybe do ten. And there's no reason they don't they don't beat Northwestern next week. At least they shouldn't. Um, they should beat Indiana, and they should beat Maryland on the road. And then it comes down to those three games, you know, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State. Um, you know, we'll right. see. Michigan yep. State's look really good. I, I, I really, you know, from a selfish standpoint, I would like to see them beat Indiana on Saturday. 
to set up a in in you know ideally a seven and zero seven and zero game in East Lansing from two weeks from now. Now it's important to remember Michigan State's going to have a bye week next week mm-hmm. in the lead up to the Michigan Michigan yep. State game. Uh, but the, yeah, it's very possible both teams will be seven and zero and ranked top ten, maybe close to the top five uh, come October three. And another game on the slate right now, that Penn State game, I and mean, who knows what the deal is with Sean Clifford, too. And obviously, we we saw on Saturday that Penn State is not the same team without Sean Clifford. So uh, another thing to storyline to follow here is, as the season progresses. Do we do we think Penn State loses that game if Sean Clifford isn't injured? No. I mean, they, were, no. they were coasting, it seemed like. Yeah, were, no, I, I agree. It seemed to turn then, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I only dropped Penn State, I think, one spot in my AP ballot this week. Maybe it wasn't enough. I, I don't know. But I, I think if Clifford's healthy, they probably would have beaten Iowa, you know. And the same token, I didn't give Iowa as much credit. I think I only moved them up one spot. So Are you I did. Have I have Iowa I, number two? He's got Alabama. I saw yeah, it. Actually. Alabama saw, too. Saw oh, my, dude, they lost to an unranked team. Right, by three on the road. But if you look at oh maybe I'm a victim of his history and everything else, obviously Alabama has been, you know, by and far the best program in the, in the country. So I'm not ready to write them off after one loss, a three point loss on the road against an SEC school. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, they've got, remember they got wins over Florida. They got a win over Ole Miss who, who's looking pretty good too. So um, I, I think if, if, if Alabama can run the table from here on out, they'll, they'll be in the, I think there's no question they'll be in the playoff again. Um, we'll see. I, have, I think I have Iowa three or four. I mean, I have him in. Yeah, you had him three, I think. Yeah, so you know, we'll we'll see. There's still plenty of season left to play. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. You know, I do you know, Big Ten power rankings or whatever. I'm thinking about it for for this week. Like, is it time to just move Ohio State? You know, up to to basically two. Like, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Iowa number one. I mean, they they deserve to be there, I think. But um, I'm, I kind of go strictly by resume. So I I had Ohio State a little farther back in the pack just because of you know what Michigan Michigan State. Um, Penn State had done, you know, some road wins, things like that. Um, now, but now Ohio State, like you can't ignore what they've been been doing lately, as far as just the margin of victory and and the yards they're putting up and all that. I mean, it's the it's the best offense in the country, um, you know, statistically so far. So, um, yeah, it is it is interesting. Like that game suddenly <laughs> it looks it keeps shifting, but it looks now it looks kind of closer to what it did. Ohio State's looking more like what you thought they they would going into the season as, as their quarterback has has kind of found his groove. I told you guys not to write them off. I, I still think they're probably going to be the East champ. No, that, that Ohio State-Penn State game, I think, is going to decide things. Um, now, maybe Michigan or Michigan State will prove me wrong, but I, I still think Ohio State's got too many weapons to, to write them off. Uh, I, I, I would not be, it would not surprise me if they run the table here, you know, and, and win the Big Ten Championship. They're the one offense in the Big Ten that is explosive that I think can just put up points on, on any team, no matter mm-hmm. the, the capability of, of the defense. I don't think any of the other teams have. I mean, I, I liked Penn State's offense with Sean Clifford behind center, but with, with this Roberson guy, that was that was atrocious to watch. So, yeah, I mean, Ohio State's offense is the real deal and is looking scary again. That's why I think that, that Ohio State-Penn State game is going to be so key because we're, we're going to find out how explosive Ohio State can be against – you know, one of the better defenses in the country in the Big Ten. Um, you know, the winner, winner of that game, I think, you know, will be the clear-cut East. Well, that's the same State. date as the Michigan-Michigan State game, too. Whoa! Some Big Ten showdowns on, what, Devil's Night or Angel's Night, whatever they call it these days? <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Um, it's, I, you know, just Michigan, like, they, they, they obviously they win the 
potential toss up game with Washington and then, you know, go, go to Wisconsin and win a game that, you know, had kind of been marked as, as a loss or in the season. And even this one in Nebraska was, was a, you know, kind of toss up and they won that, like they've, they've won them all obviously. So it's like, and now what we know about Michigan and these other teams, like those Northwestern, Northwestern, Indiana, Maryland games, like I just really, I, those are like heavily lean towards wins, you know, in, in my book for Michigan. So that's why I say that that's what the, the floor is. And I, yeah, I think they can get 10, 11 is, is possible. It, Any, it, anything's it, possible. Yeah, absolutely. I think anything is pop, possible. But if, if you go look and look at Michigan's resume right now, the teams they've beaten and where those teams are right now, Michigan has essentially beaten up on the bottom half of the Big Ten on, on both sides of the, of the conference. Um, and that's going to be the case again and against Northwestern uh, in, in two weeks. So there's, a, as I said, they'll probably be seven and zero. But this back half is going to tell us a lot about how good this Michigan team really is. Because right now you've got, you know, Michigan State, Penn State, uh, and Ohio State all sitting in the top half of the conference. Now Michigan doesn't have to play Iowa this year, um, but those three games I think are going to tell us really how good this Michigan team is. If they're a legitimate, you know, Big Ten title contender, playoff contender, or if they're a, you know, a a best of the rest in the big 10, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I mean, this was even the the problem with Michigan, even when things were, were going well under Harbaugh is, you know, the good starts and then kind of fading late. Now, part of that was because Ohio state is always the last game of the regular season. And, you know, the, the, the bowl opponents were, were often tough, but still, you know, they, they'd have this nice win streak going and then they, you know, drop two out of their last three, three out of the last, whatever it was. So uh, try to exercise those demons as well. And the difference this year is expectations. Remember when we back mm-hmm. this whole conversation up and talk about what, like what the expectations were coming into this year, Michigan was projected to win probably seven or eight games folks, yep. you know, they figured it was going to be a down year. If Michigan can exceed expectations, which Jim Harbaugh really hasn't done a ton when he, since he's been here in Michigan, I, I think it, it gives everyone a good feeling going into next year. But again, as we talk about, it seems like every year at some point he's got to get them over the hill and get them into the Big Ten title game. Maybe that's this year. Time will tell. Um, but it's clear that Jim Harbaugh, you know, spent this offseason, uh, you know, in serious mode. He made all those changes with the coaching staff, and they're, they're certainly paying off right now. Yeah, it was uh... – it was it was a huge weekend in, in the Big Ten and for Michigan in particular. Is there is there anything else, uh, you know, Ryan, you wanted to add or Aaron from your experience in Lincoln, uh, you know, before we wrap up this episode? Uh, if you have an opportunity, go to a game at uh, Nebraska at Lincoln. It's it's a cool environment. The town's really cool. Uh, it reminded me of Madison quite a bit, um, except this time it was a full stadium and everything else. But one thing from the game for tomorrow to watch out for: do not be surprised if Michigan has co-special teams players players of the week not only jake moody but brad robbins kicked he punted four times on saturday for 203 yards averaged almost 51 yards a punt he had a 57 yard punt three inside the 20 yard line don't be surprised if they got co-big 10 special teams player of the week that's what a hundred dollars that he's donating to cancer research from one day's work gotta love that too there you go them live all over the special teamers uh yes that'll certainly be a major story on mlive.com slash wolverines uh plenty more uh to come there as we you know this is a bye week in case you're wondering we still will uh meet with jim harbaugh uh tomorrow monday as we're recording this here on a sunday night um and you know players throughout the week so uh yeah stay tuned for more coverage on mlive.com slash wolverines thanks for listening